The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, providing you with the instant analysis on the New York Giants' loss to the San Francisco 49ers. They fell by a terrible score of 36-9, the biggest loss so far this season after two close-fought games. Some promising things we saw in those first two games. But Chris, there's really not a lot of good things that we can point from a huge blowout loss like this to a 49ers team that was depleted significantly by injuries. And Chris, I think that you have to just point to the fact that this is a much better coach team that when they face adversity, they're able to push out their backups into tough situations to go and play and play at a quality level to win if needed. This team is a Super Bowl contending team for a reason, and they're going to win games even with all these injuries, despite us expecting, and also I think a lot of people expecting them to be vulnerable this week. Yeah, I think we really saw the difference between the Giants and a Super Bowl contender. The 49ers were better prepared, better coached. They the players that were on the field just outplayed the Giants, and honestly, their team is better built. You know, they had by my count, 13 starters or major contributors injured by the end of the game. And they still blew the Giants off the field. You know, yes, not having Xavier McKinney, not having Saquon Barkley, not having Sterling Shepard, that hurt the Giants. But it didn't hurt the Giants more than the 49ers were hurt. So like you said, there might have been a couple bright spots, a couple positive takeaways we could have from this game. Uh, Riley Dixon's punt the end of the game um the play of James Bradbury in the first half but honestly that doesn't really matter when you step back and take a look at the game as a whole yeah the the positives from this game are not really big enough to to highlight but rather to acknowledge the various takeaways that were blatantly exposed in this game and when you have a bad loss like this It is obviously devastating for fans and also for the organization, but the one thing you do get from it, Chris, is you can learn the most glaring issues on your team 
very quickly when you have a loss like this. And one of the things that has now become a trend for this Giants team is an inability to move the ball on offense. In three straight games, in terms of point production, they scored 16 against the Steelers. They scored 13 against the Chicago Bears. And today they only scored nine points against a defense that we could both argue is not as good as the other two defenses they faced in week one and week two. And with such little offensive production, you have to start talking about Jason Garrett. And I think that some of the things that go with that conversation about Garrett is some of the issues with the play calling. It seems like there has been a lot of predictability for defenses to know what is coming. And I point to, to explain that point, by how little separation there is for some of the Giants receivers on a number of plays. It seems like there was a lot of plays in this game where there were there was not a lot of room for receivers to get open and not a lot of guys for Daniel Jones to get the ball to. So it's tough to move the ball offensively when there's not much separation. Yeah, that does kind of track with some of the things we heard from people who study and follow the Cowboys You know, when the Giants hired Jason Garrett is that his offense – Yes, it can be very good when it everything is working correct, but it can also be very predictable. And also, we did have concerns through the offseason as to just how well the Giants personnel would fit the scheme Garrett wanted to install. Now, obviously, I, I don't think we are running, or the Giants are running, not, not us. You know, we're, we're not in the building, but... The Giants, I don't think, are running the scheme they really wanted to. But even trying to adapt, trying to make something work, find something that will work, it's just not. And the other thing that comes from this lack of offensive production that you have to discuss is it's not like the, the this team is going three and out and constantly punting the football. This, the, the, this team has move the ball down the field past the 50-yard line a lot. And they did it a decent amount this game. And then they'll stall around the 50 or 40-yard line to kick a field goal or there will be some type of a turnover, some type of play that completely derails a drive when you need to be able to cap off and finish those drives. And it, the, the there was only one punt by this Giants offense in this game. So the, the lack of ability to finish has been a, a very major issue for this Giants team already in three games. Yeah, and I, I would say you can expand that to include the defense as well. They showed the graphic during the game how the Giants have the best first down defense in the NFL and the worst third down defense in the NFL. And really, third down is the money down on both sides of the ball. You need to be able to convert on third down. Part of it is that the Giants can't run the ball to save their life, and it's only getting worse with each game. You know, you need some kind of a running game to be able to pick up those short yardage downs just because things happen fast and a well-executed run play is faster than a well-executed passing play. If the Giants just cannot hit those, then it makes it entirely too easy for defenses, which is what we've seen. So far this game, we saw yet again Daniel Jones with an interception, also a fumble on an attempted reverse play to Evan Ingram. The trend continues for Daniel Jones, and what we noticed from that interception is the same stuff that we've seen from him frequently in these bad situations. When he makes these mistakes and it's on him, this play was because he was locked in on 
Evan Ingram and did not look through his progressions and forced the ball into a very, very tight spot. That is something that Daniel Jones has shown a lack of ability to progress and fix. There's something that has to change with his development and his ability to make those decisions because, again, we keep seeing these forced passes into places where the ball really does not belong. Yeah, I think it's really frustrating because we saw that last week. You know, He had the interception targeting Ingram where he threw the ball after Ingram had already slipped and it was picked off. Yeah, that It's one thing to see interceptions, you know, maybe they happen for different reasons, miscommunications, tipped balls, a great play by the defense, whatever. But when you have basically the same play happening in consecutive weeks where the quarterback is so locked in on where he wants to go with the ball, he has the ball thrown before he even takes the snap, and then it winds up going the other way. That is just something that cannot happen. Jones has been through an offseason already. He is he might not technically be considered a veteran because he hasn't started 16 games yet, but he is the Giants starting quarterback. And if we talk about wanting to see growth from him, this is the kind of thing we need to see him improve. We, you can't make the same mistake and not fix it in a week of practice and make the exact same mistake and hurt your team again the fo- the very next week. And those turnovers have been serious derailments of drives especially in this game that that interception happened not too early on but in a time when the Giants needed some type of an offensive spark to keep them in the game however it ends up hurting them significantly we've got a couple more takeaways that we want to address from this game before we get to them though we're going to take a really short commercial break support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning as a parent You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Chris, overall with this offense, not only is the passing game struggling and Daniel Jones turning the ball over, but there has been no ability to run the football. Since Saquon Barkley went out, they brought in Devonta Freeman, and for whatever reason, they didn't really commit to getting him touches or really anybody touches. Besides Daniel Jones, there were 10 total carries by Giants running backs in this game. Now, understandably, the game started to get away from them very quickly, and when you're behind, you need to throw the ball to get yourself back into the game. That's what any play caller is going to do, but you need to start establishing the run game early on. It seems like there's too much of a commitment to throw the ball and not of a not enough of a commitment 
to actually establish a consistent running game to pick up yards through other avenues. And that, I would argue, is making the play calling very, very predictable. If they know that it's going to be a passing play, it is very, very hard to pick up yards on second and medium, second and long when the defense knows what to expect. Yeah, the the Giants offense is really just making it way too easy for defenses. You know, we noticed Jones is throwing into coverage a lot. At part of that, I think without having been able to go back and look at the tape again yet, we'll we'll do that. You all know that. It really seems like the 49ers and really all of the defenses the Giants have played have been able to absolutely suffocate the Giants running game while playing coverage. You know, they're only devoting six or seven defenders to shutting down the Giants running game and they're getting tons of stops in the backfield so that really lets them flood passing lanes that gives them so much freedom to play coverage and then when you wind up with these third and longs the Giants are basically forced to throw and it just really makes everything so much easier for the opposing defenses Yeah, that predictability is really hurting the Giants' ability to move the ball and also have some diverse level to what you can call on offense. It seems like, and it it seemed like in this game, the third and the fourth quarter, we they were expecting a passing play every single time. It seems like they were throwing the ball just to get themselves out of the gigantic hole that they dug themselves into. The other thing that was very apparent in this game is to start the game, the Giants defense looked very good. They were clogging rushing lanes. They were picking up huge losses on running plays, the three-yard losses, two-yard losses, stopping guys at the line of scrimmage, good pass breakups by James Bradbury. But as the game wore on, the Giants defense started to fall apart. And you can point to the fact that the Giants defense was out there for way more plays than the Giants offense was. 73 to 49 was the differential in total plays in this game. The 49ers had the ball for 39 total minutes. So the the issues on offense are now trickling down onto the defensive side of the ball, which the defense looks pretty good in a lot of these first halves so far, Chris, but it, it just seems like now that if they if the offense can't stay on the field and the defense is out there for way too long, they're going to continue to get gashed in the second half of all these games. Yeah, they're going to be gassed. Uh, we noticed that in the very first game where towards the end when the Steelers were able to start stringing together drives, get rhythm going, we saw a lot of guys with hands on their hips just looking gassed and flat. And you know, we saw that at the end of the Bears game as well when the Giants just really couldn't get a stop when they needed one. Now, with this game, you know, they were on the field so much, almost 40 minutes. There is a lot of tape out there now. Just considering there's only three games been played, there's a lot of tape out there, there now for future offensive coaches to watch. And so the, Gi- the Giants, eh. and so the Giants' tendencies, like you say, they are getting exposed. And it's going to be tough to install new wrinkles to uh, surprise opposing offensive coordinators when the when the offense is just a millstone around the defense's neck and they're out there for almost a whole extra games worth or at least an extra half's worth of snaps 
Lastly, folks, you might have noticed that Jabril Peppers went out pretty early in this game, and that was a, a key point in this in this performance for the defense. As soon as Jabril Peppers went out, started to notice some issues on defense, and whenever they had to put their dime package in the game, Nate Ebner, the guy that the Giants signed as a special teams ace, had to go out and play safety. And I, I know that doesn't sound so bad because it's supposed to be a guy that is a, a depth player at safety. But Nate Ebner is not meant to play defense. He is not a guy that is meant to be out there when the Giants are playing defense. He's a great special teamer. He's going to make plays on special teams. But he was a very, very big problem when Jabril Peppers went out. So after Xavier McKinney got hurt, and we talked about all the, the, the needs to go and find another DB, that they brought in Logan Ryan, and that helped fix some of the issues. They also traded for Isaac Yadam, who hasn't been perfect, but has at least had... A, a little bit of, of consistency on the outside here and there making some plays. He had one good play this past game against the 49ers early on. But as soon as you lose Jabril Peppers, that's, that safety group is very thin. The Giants need to go out and sign somebody if Jabril Peppers is going to be out for an extended period of time or if he's not 100% because Nate Ebner is 100% not capable of playing defense. And that was very noticeable on a lot of plays. There was one play in particular that stood out to me early on when he had to go in where he was just standing in his zone drop and didn't bother to move or react to the play that was happening around him. He looked completely lost. And, and I'm not trying to completely dig him here, but he's just not meant to play defense. No, he, he is a special teams guy. He's a special teams ace. That, it, that has been his career path in the NFL. And that's fine. You need guys like that on your team. But, you know, we kind of joked during the game that on that one play you were, meant, you were talking about, it, it almost looked like Ebner was wondering why Mullins was throwing the ball and not kicking it. Yeah, like he... You can see he is just so very not used to being a defensive player. And really, once Peppers went down, you could see the 49ers really start to target Darnay Holmes and Nate Ebner when they were both on the field. It was like somebody put a target up that just said, throw the ball here. And it worked. They started to gash the Giants, pick up long third downs, and the defense just could not get off the field. So that is now another personnel obstacle the Giants are going to have to overcome. Hopefully Peppers can be back for the Giants' next game against the Los Angeles Rams. If not, though, that could be a, a serious problem for them, them defensively, facing a pretty adept offense for the Rams. That's going to be it for our quick takeaways show. Thanks for tuning in. As always, folks, we're going to watch the film and break down as much as we can and give you full film analysis coming up this week. Um, also stay tuned for our preview show for the Rams. Thanks for tuning in folks. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon, follow Chris at Raptor MKII, and also follow us at big blue view and head to big for more giants news and analysis. <laughs>